0: Whoa, whoa, ladies, I'm a princess too. What kind of a princess are you? Uh, Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? Cursed?
1: No. Kidnapped Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I
2: call the police? Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big, strong man showed up? Yes.
1: What is up with that? She She is a princess. princess. And welcome back to Box Popcast. My name is Christopher Maverick. You can call me Mav, and I am here once again with Wayne Wise for possibly the only podcast you'll listen to this week hosted by two people who are on death's door. Hey Wayne.
3: Hey Mav how are you? I am not great I saw you a couple of hours
1: ago I, I, I about I, the same. I'm
3: better than I was when you saw me this afternoon Yeah, Mav and I both started teaching uh, classes this fall and we're both stuck in rooms full of, of college students and apparently catching Who carry germs. Yeah who carry germs uh, <laughs> the, the term term I use today, an old appellation term is I, I caught the epizootic from somebody
1: so I usually say the plague. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my voice sounds weird today. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I will also like I, even while Wayne was talking, I just I just tested my cough button on my mixing board, and hopefully that worked out. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I had a bit of, uh, had, had a bit of a migraine since I last saw you, and took some meds and slept a little bit of that off. So I, I think I'm good. But uh, so yes, I,
1: I I you know took. Twice the recommended daily allowance of Dayquil, um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
1: and now, as per my my st- standard ritual on this show, I am having a beer. Gonna because, say, you know, it, clearly, it, that's going to make it, it better. It's
3: our standard thing of pop culture academia with swearing and alcohol, just a different type of alcohol this week. Dayquil, yeah. <laughs> Nightquil. Yeah.
1: Well, NyQuil will happen immediately following this recording.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, so l- luckily, topic, luckily, we have some guests to talk uh, the, yeah, about do, something do, So right, well, today's topic.
1: Don't turn off the episode once I say the title because we're going somewhere with it, even <laughs> though the, the title might be a little misleading. We're, we're going to talk about sex and Disney princesses. No, 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 wait, just, just, Hang just on. hear us out. On, yeah. <laughs> it's not as horrible as it sounds, or maybe it is. I mean, on if you well, like the we'll show, we'll be delicate. But, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Wayne, I I know. I know a little bit about this because i I started researching the way i'm gonna say sexuality is included in Disney Princess stuff mm. um for my dissertation, yeah because I've been talking about gender and sex in superheroes, and because a large point portion of the superhero mythos in in comics was very much comics are for boys um I didn't really have a close analog, mm. and I thought, well, what's really close in sort of the rise of the Disney princesses sort of worked out relatively well, um, particularly w- since several of them have superpowers, mm-hmm. particularly, uh, so things like that. And I started looking into them. And at the same time, I had an article that, that if you read the blog, com, it's an article that I use when I'm teaching freshman comp. It's called The Disney Princess Effect, where the woman who wrote it makes an argument that Disney princesses are bad for young girls. So that's most of my knowledge. Mm. Um, and, and- whereas we normally are are super into minutia of comic books, I'm not here. Are you?
3: No, I am not. I, I read the article. You posted that you know, on the blog last weekend and I, I read it sometime there. I do think, you know, that that idea of it being the closest analog, so many of the early Disney princesses, especially coming out of the world of fairy tale and you know mm-hmm. the disnification of the fairy tale, a lot of the old fairy tales had a lot of sex and violence in them. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a And comas, yes, s- and, and, coma, <laughs> and, and comas. So you know it it's it's not like the Pop culture has just looked at these innocent Disney characters and projected something horrible on them. There's there's something in their very existence that implies that to begin with. I think. Right. So
1: well, so since we're not experts, I decided why don't we go get some. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and way back when I, when oh, I was oh, on oh, oh, the I, protagonist I, podcast, I, I, I'm going to throw in Mav and I decided to let everybody know that I both of us tonight have dressed for the occasion. I am wearing my sexy Snow White Halloween costume.
1: I I am sexy little mermaid. Okay,
3: yeah, just so, just so we know. <laughs> of
1: course, so radio theater of the mind.
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: so um now, now we've lost. We people. needed a couple of experts. Now we've lost. Everybody. Yeah, now we've lost our yeah, experts. So. <laughs>
3: we've
1: well, we probably lost our audience. That's true. <laughs> well, when I was on the Protagonist Podcast, uh, which the Protagonist Podcast is hosted by uh, Joe Dorowski, who was on this show a couple weeks ago. And when, when Joe was on, I said, we also, we'd also previously had his brother, John on. And I commented that there are, I believe, 147 Dorowski siblings. Well, uh, close ish. Yeah, yeah. Well, so tonight we have a third one. And we're
3: cl- Andrew. We're collecting the <laughs> whole <a goal> set.
1: <laughs> yes. Andrew and his wife, Kestra, part of the Dorowski clan. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> and you guys are uh, I'm I'm saying you're Disney experts. And what, What is your qualification to be Disney expert?
2: Uh, we run a Disney podcast where we yes. talk about Disney animated films one minute at a time. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's pretty detailed. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're on hiatus right now, correct? Yes. So we, we recorded and um, have released all of our discussion of Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Yes. And then um, we recorded more than half of The Little Mermaid and mm-hmm. then got interrupted by uh, a baby. <laughs> having a baby and then getting pregnant. Kind Again. of quickly after that, baby.
0: <laughs> so we have not so you're released gonna be, since then. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: so, so you're, so. But you are going to be great for an
1: episode on Disney and so, and sex so it, because clearly,
3: yeah. yeah I was going to say, is there any, we, is, we are there any aware connection? of
2: both. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say something about your your correlating between um, like the rise of of the Disney franchises and, and the princesses in particular with superheroes. I'm going to say Snow White in particular. Correlates very nicely with Superman. You've got red, yellow and blue as the main colors. You have a red Red cape. cape. You have the dark hair. Um, Snow White has brown eyes, whereas Superman has blue eyes. So you don't have that. And also both in the late 30s. Snow White um, technically premiered in 37, but was really released in 38. And Superman, of course, in 38. Very into 38. Yeah. And now... I want to note. I
1: listened to an episode of, of your podcast today. I like just before it going on, I was listening with my wife, and she was like, "Well, who are these people?" And I played played an episode as detail oriented and insane as Wayne and I can get. <laughs> <to my whoosh>. <laughs> <laughs> we are nothing compared to what happens on a, 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 a again
2: Disney animated animation minute, an, animation, animation animation minute, minute essentials. essentials. Yep. Okay. We have, We're um, one of the various movies by minutes podcasts. Yes. Right. And, and
1: and just so people understand specifically what they do. There have been 83 episodes of their show so far because Snow White, the film, is 83 minutes long. So for every episode, they record half an hour, 45 minutes in depth, yeah. analyzing one minute <laughs> of, of this of, of this film, starting with the opening credits, going through the closing credits. I listen to you guys talk about the logo. <laughs> for about five minutes today
2: <laughs> yeah that's, wow. that's how we roll wow.
3: <laughs> i mean the the guys that are doing do, do, uh, do you actually whistle while you work or <laughs> they made that joke <laughs> yeah we, that, i make that joke at the end of every episode actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no the uh the guys that are doing 2001 a space odyssey um did the first three minutes of the film which is just some overture played over black screen, <laughs> right. and they, they did it as three separate episodes and talked about it. Wow! <laughs> so you devotion. know, like there's some there's some commitment to these things, and right. some yeah, people. Also, the format. I appreciate that. Yeah, some people skip credits. We don't. We don't. Or do combine credits but, into um, one
0: episode, but
2: yeah, we we don't go for that. Snow White. Oh, but, uh, had, yeah, Snow like, White was, was a. It was a 1930s credits. film, so it was opening credits for for three minutes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, they didn't credit everyone.
0: They didn't credit like hardly. Yeah, it it was a very small list of credits and Walt Disney does not represent uh,
2: (laughs) the way credits are formatted now, where it's thousands, if not tens of thousands of names. (laughs) What's really amazing about the show is the the
1: film Snow White is not actually 83 minutes. It's 83 minutes and 10 seconds. And there's a good two minutes of episode 83 uh, of Kestra apologizing profusely for having an episode devoted to 70 seconds and promising (laughs) that that it depends on which Blu-ray cut you have. (laughs) it It was like, I was so impressed with your devotion to the one minute format, to where you're like, no, I'm so it's seventy that's seconds. You couldn't
2: justify a 10 second episode. That, yeah, that's <laughs> great. that's how a lot of people roll. If it's if it's less well a, a half minute, they'll roll that last one into the yeah, yeah. Into the And then they minute. talked about
1: the then you guys talked about the FBI warning at the end, promising not to not to <laughs> record another video. So in depth, a, mm-hmm. I was, I was yeah. Well, we love this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're both Disney fans, I assume. Otherwise, you chose a very Poor life choice. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Yes, we are Disney fans. I used to work for Walt Disney World Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for a semester, so I have expertise there. And Mm -hmm. then uh, we both just love Disney films. I mean, I so I
2: went into college. I'm the youngest Dorowski sibling. So I went into college after Joseph and John had already kind of established their their credentials with with comic book studies And so that's what I leaned on most heavily. I was I was in American studies. I was doing pop culture analysis. I was doing pop culture studies um, and I tended to focus on comic books and superheroes. I don't I don't want to say that I'm the best undergraduate expert in uh, in in the Young Avengers,
3: but I don't know of any
2: others. (laughs) Um, And then after we got married, um, Kestra brought a more abundant love of Disney um, than I had conceived of. Um, but we wanted to do something together and we settled on doing this, you know, the the minute by minute podcast for Disney movies. And it's it's worked out great. We love we love doing it together. Um, we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't the, the two of us, because I brought in the podcasting and she brought all the Disney.
0: And I brought in the music as well. And she yeah. brought in the pop culture. Her, her
2: background so. in music was really, really useful. And um, and then I brought in the pop culture um, and American studies side of things. So there you go. I mean, I was joking around about it, but
1: it's actually a fascinating show to just sit there and like, listen to you talk about the particulars of, you know, the choice of castle design and in, in a, in a certain shot, it was, mm-hmm. it was so well, fascinating. I mean,
2: and if you're, if you're into American studies, you should go back and find our, our episode about dopey playing the drums, drums in the discussion of jazz music. Oh, wonderful. in
1: the 1930s. Yeah. So if you like, the overanalyzing that we do on this show, check theirs out, is what I'm saying. Anyway, the article that started this is an article that, uh, again, if you check the call for comments on the website, there is an article that postulates that there is a such a thing called the Disney Princess Effect. It's called Little Girls or Little Women, the Disney Princess Effect by Stephanie Haynes. And it was written in 2011 for the Christian Science Monitor. And I use this in my freshman comp class a lot in my intro to freshman comp. And I actually don't like the article. I don't like the way she makes her argument. I think it's an important argument because she's discussing her theory that media is used to gender and sexualize women in general, but particularly young girls. And she uses Disney princesses as her jumping off point. And then in my View makes a bunch of leaps in logic, which I feel she hasn't really earned to make her point. To which I think she could have made better, but doing so at least starts an interesting discussion. Because while her argument, as I summarized on the website, is essentially first young girls start watching Disney princesses, then they start watching Hannah Montana. Remember, she watched. She wrote this in 2011. Then they start wearing thong underwear. Then they start having sex, and then they become bad at math. That is her argument throughout the throughout the article. And I was like, well, there's a there's a lot of there's, there's a, there's a few
2: uh, <laughs> transitions. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a few of those. Um, a few of those are mildly logical. Yeah, I, it's I mean, like okay, okay. They watch Disney stuff. They watch Hannah Montana. I can get on board I with know that, that transition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I can even get 100 percent behind. They buy thongs. They start having sex. I'm like, I don't know if that's enough of a of a smooth transition. I definitely yeah. can't see. They watch Hannah Montana, they buy thongs.
1: And I personally have a a problem with the theory that all women who've had sex are bad at math. Um, That seems troubling to me. That one I just (laughs) flat out don't think holds water.
0: No, it does
3: not.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, As someone with children, and presumably you've added before.
3: <laughs> well, that, they're the certainly music, <laughs>
1: music
0: is my main expertise and music involves mm-hmm. a ton of yeah, math. M- music is and kestra
2: kestra teaches music
0: so yes, she teaches so, some
2: so, elements of math
0: yeah yes
1: <laughs> yeah so i found her argument problematic that said i do agree with her that particularly with some of the earlier disney films uh, you guys just finished analyzing in detail snow white mm-hmm. there are the earliest the- yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah as absolutely the earliest disney film certainly the earliest princess film i guess you could count the shorts as something yeah but
2: the the earliest full length um
1: animated feature any time of, mm-hmm. of all kinds oh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah not even just disney that, that is the first animated yeah. feature it's correct because as, as you pointed out it won a oscar that did not exist oscar. because there was nothing to yeah, they, they, yeah they, they had special <laughs> well seven right eight special oscars technically <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes yes,
1: yes. I, I, because there was literally no competition. Oh, the best animated feature ever goes to the only, only animated I mean, feature, feature ever. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 okay. I here, saw well.
3: that Oscar on display at Disney World many, many years ago.
1: Did, did it have the, yeah. little, the, the yeah. seven little yeah. ones next to it? Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> so if you're going to do that, now, now obviously you, know, you guys just watched it in detail and to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in 2018. I will, or even in 2011, when she when she wrote this, I will agree that there are some problematic gender issues. In that the movie's named after her, and she has, I think, eleven lines in it. She's
2: or something like that. I mean, no, no, nobody has it, a lot of lines in this movie. Yes, and she's and she's
0: asleep for most of it. No, <laughs> that this? one is Aurora. Aurora, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Aurora, that's Aurora only has uh, like eleven yeah. lines, eighteen okay. minutes of screen time. But yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: that's, okay. isn't that the same number of lines that Superman had in BVS? I yeah. can believe that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can believe that. He hate a lot of
1: grunting. <laughs> it's a horrible movie, as you, if you've heard the show before. <laughs> awful, awful, awful movie. Um, but Snow, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm confusing Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Okay, so she's awake for more of it because she's only after the, after the poisoning. But both movies, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, essentially have the moral that if you find a teenage girl
3: asleep in asleep a coma, anywhere.
1: yeah, then the right thing to do is start making out with her,
2: which is
3: maybe not I, the best I, advice. I, now, I,
2: I want to I want I want like I knew this was coming for these two in particular yes, yes. and so mm-hmm. so we've prepared for this narrative and and I want to say this is why on show one <laughs> I don't think that tracks with the narrative of, of the film uh, okay and, and two I definitely don't think that anyone in the Walt Disney Corporation is is trying to for example teach young frat boys that get drunk at parties that unconscious women right. should be sexually assaulted you know like I, I don't think that there's any intention for that message to be Conveyed, and I think the narrative taken as a whole does not suggest that message. But I, I I get why that reading, especially for the sequences Mm -hmm. in isolation, um, gets used. Particularly, I mean, if you want to talk about Disney stuff and and sexual agency and all of those things, Mm -hmm. but like Snow White and and Sleeping Beauty both had had interactions with with the prince, the princess before. They They had had what was going on, essentially romantic interactions. Snow White Mm -hmm. sent a kiss via bird. To the prince. Mm-hmm. So, if we take you know, kissing as, as metaphor for for uh, sexual activity, whatever that may represent, mm-hmm. um, we have at least at a distance sexual activity represented earlier in Snow mm-hmm. White. And if we're we're saying that we're in a world with magic and magic kisses and magic spells that are broken by magic kisses, right? Um, I in, in my day job I teach CPR, mm-hmm. and there's a thing called Good Samaritan laws. It's not sexual assault when you perform CPR accurately. When you're trying because, to save a life. Because you're sa- right. yeah, if you're saving a life according to actual training that's appropriate in the situation, they can't sue you for sexual assault. No. I'm, I'm not saying like you should take advantage of that, certainly. Right. But if we're dealing with a rescuer situation, which both of the princes this are is, probably aware of, yes. and certainly in Sleeping yes. Beauty, he's aware that this is a rescue operation, unconscious, and mm-hmm. I have to kiss her. And then in both cases, these are relatively chaste kisses, they kiss and they mm. back away and they yeah. give them yeah. space. And
0: they are, right. the, are the antidote for like for a,
2: a particular for a particular yeah, situation. So that said, if if we want to talk about your reading yeah. of it as yeah. you know the, the scenario, oh, I, I agree where this. Well, that, but I want to ask question: Does he know in Snow
1: White in, in Sleeping Beauty? He knows, right? In he knows. Sleeping Beauty, it's work. he knows
0: because the three fairies, fauna, right. uh, uh, Flora, Flora, Fauna, fauna Merryweather, they all they tell, they, they tell him that they they say, "Hey, like." she's asleep she's not dead you have to wake her up up with a kiss
2: by by kiss yeah
0: snow white we talked to andrew and i discussed this but um she the only person who knows the antidote is the queen
2: but it is established that this is a world where magic kisses are antidotes to magical spells
0: that and Mm -hmm. also it's um they they both the prince and the dwarves, as far as we know, believe that Snow White is is dead, and mm-hmm. so dead. is a corpse. So, like we we took this to be like they the have a relationship. Saying,
2: they recognize each other as um as like Snow White and the prince have have an understanding of a relationship, and he is mm-hmm. saying goodbye in essence. It's yeah.
1: a kiss goodbye to the love of your life that you met that one day in the woods. Yes, yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> assuming assuming there's no additional um. Yeah, a, you know, yeah. interaction. And, it has movie and
1: connection. It has movie
2: logic problems. I, yeah.
1: Much like Romeo and Juliet know each other for a
3: long weekend, and that's yeah, it. so yeah. yeah, so so we're we're dealing with that same kind of. Scenario. I'm glad you brought up this different reading of it, though, because you know, when Mav and I were saying that there's obviously a certain tongue in cheek to it, but that is the reading a lot of people take yeah. from it. So just that difference between intent yes. and reading, and I that explanation I thought was really very well done to to give it you know, a broader context than just the YouTube clip that people talk about. So.
2: Yeah. But if you take if you take the entire film, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a different contextual contextual Um, Mm
3: -hmm. aspect.
2: But but reading it in in isolation, I totally get why people make that complaint. I think it is a valid modern complaint, Um, Mm -hmm. like issues of consent and everything. Um, But we also get the indication from the responses that they are not opposed to this; they they don't consider this a sexual assault. Yeah,
0: but also um, like mm-hmm. with with people taking it from in isolation, um, a lot of people haven't seen Sleeping Beauty or Snow White like, in, in, in in recent in memory. Recent memory. <laughs> right. So like they saw it either when they were younger or not at all, and they only like mm-hmm. know about right. the main port, the main part, which is. The, the
1: kiss yeah. everyone knows the story but but I but they know the story from being from being the actual fairy tale of snow White yeah but, and and
2: the, the most of
1: it to be consumed the, by YouTube now. the
2: Grimm's version of Snow White that um we referenced a lot in in our research um there there isn't a magic kiss um it's a piece of apple that's stuck in her throat and <laughs> if this one's actually it's more problematic much. the prince comes because there's like all these stories about the woman in the glass coffin and she's beautiful and the prince comes and he, persuades the dwarfs to let him take her to his castle so she can be beautiful and dead there. And when they're taking mm-hmm. her away, it jostles her and the apple falls out of her mouth and she stops being dead. Yeah. And it's like, OK, well, Prince taking away a dead body from other people It's like, that's, I think, weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, I, I do think that um, like a, a metaphor for sexual advance from the princes to the princesses, uh, is actually valid in in the stories. It's just a different section. It's at their first interu- introductions. Because in Snow White, the prince interrupts her singing a song at the well and scares her quite badly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if you want to take that as and, and, and read it as you know startling sexual advance, um, mm-hmm. I think that's more valid than reading um, the kiss <laughs> as unconscious sexual assault. Uh, and in Sleeping Beauty, uh, he sneaks into a dance where she's been dancing with the animals and he steps in and takes her hand and is dancing with her with, while her eyes are closed. And I think that one's even mm-hmm. more problematic because there's a physical mm-hmm. element, whereas in Snow White, it's, it's a vocal element. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't want to say that, you know, these movies don't have representations that can be problematic and, and that are worth talking about in that context. I just don't think it's the kisses. Mm-hmm. And of course, as with any
1: of these things, they are entirely products of their time. And in these two particular cases, they're products of their time referencing a time... Sixty and when was when when Sleeping Beauty come out? Uh, 57?
2: 59. So,
1: 59. So eighty years earlier when the when the Grims wrote their version, eighteen sixties, right? Uh The Grims' versions, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Well, <laughs> mean,
2: quite well, actually. But Sleeping Beauty is a story from like the fourteen hundreds
1: yeah, originally, and, and, <laughs> and the,
2: the Grims were collecting stuff, so you can find. I right. think there's something from the fourteen hundreds for some early Snow White Snow examples, White, but not um,
0: like not with every which is which state. is
2: mentioned in. um one of our episodes, yeah. uh, it, like some of the origins that the Grimms were collecting and and condensing and combining. There's like an Italian one from from maybe the 1600s, maybe the 1400s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's
1: more interesting to me, actually, that uh, people don't reference because people are referencing this story very much with the lens of a 2000. And this was pointed out in some of the comments. People, you know, you're you're referencing the story with a 2018 lens. That was filmed in 1930, drawn, yeah. filmed, whatever you want to call it, in 1938. More problematic is the fact that in canon, in Disney canon, Snow White's 14 years old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like,
2: like it's it, not like yeah.
1: clear how old the Disney princess. The only, the only princess that, the only princesses that are of legal U.S. marrying age I think are Elsa Elsa's 21 and I think Anna's 18 yeah
0: and there both. are a couple who are about 18 I think yeah. but Aurora is, is 16 mm-hmm. which is yeah, like it, it is said in someplace. the movie that she is 16 yes. because it's her 16th birthday yeah
2: um, Ariel is 16,
0: 16 uh, Snow White mm-hmm. is, is 14, 14. Um, um,
2: mm-hmm. yeah but I mean and that's I mean, even in in 1930s context, I think 14 is a little young for marrying. Um, yes, but, it is. but I it don't is. think that's marked as young, even 80 years before that. Yes. So we're looking back no. at at it, and then you know, if they're bouncing back further, like well, in the 1600s, that's kind of where it's at. Also, you know, life expectancy, life expectancy. Is the same, same age as, as Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She's the same age as Juliet and Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Juliet and, and is 14, and it's set in the 1500s roughly. Um, mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. dealing with kind of a, a different dynamic. And I don't know, um, you know, the time frame where, uh, you know, 14 seems especially young and 16 definitely seems young now. But I don't know when 16 started seeming too young. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that might be within the last hundred years. There there were still, you know, 16 year old brides. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, Though there, there are uh,
1: that, that I actually know a little more. Okay. I'll have to do an episode on that one point. Uh, we in America right now, and again, all four of us are in in America, even though it's a podcast, so I don't know where you (laughs) are listening from. But in America, we culturally tend to look at things as though the world is becoming more and more sexualized. Kids are having sex younger and younger every day. That's actually not true. I actually, for what I do, track the history of sexuality. Mm -hmm. And the average age of loss of virginity in United States of America right now is 17 and a half. It's roughly 17 for girls, roughly 18 for boys averages out to 17 and a half. Um, Which, boys have a slightly higher, a slightly higher variance girls than girls. Do, that, so. that, I think strikes me
2: as older than TV would have me believe. Yes.
1: Um, and that's the problem. The variance goes down to about 14 for, uh, for girls. Uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, the 80% range for girls is like 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, the, the large range of, you know, two st- um, standard deviations is like, goes down to like, uh, to like 14 for a girl or I think 14 for girls and 13 mm-hmm. for boys, something like that. I, I, I have a chart somewhere.
2: Can I, sorry, can I ask a couple questions about this? Um, yes. so, Is this reported, um, like self-reported, or how's like the statistic generated? It is tracked by.
1: There are a couple ways of tracking it. There are. I can't remember. I have to. I have to look up and find. I have it cited in a paper that I wrote quite some time ago. They are tracked by a couple of sexual institutes using things like Kinsey reports and um, Masters and Johnson's reports over time Mm -hmm. and surveys from multiple surveys. And what they try to do is they track self-reporting through anonymous survey mm-hmm. and they, and they realizing that that's an issue. Yeah. And the surveys tend to be under the auspices of medical conditions. Right. Okay. So that people are less likely to lie. Right. right. You don't want to use Cosmo. <laughs> you yeah. want to you want to yeah, you want to you want to have doctors ask because theoretically they're hoping you're honest to your gynecologist or right. Um, right. But they're, but they're anonymous. And what's interesting about it is it's 17 and a half right now. That is up half a year from 17 and I want to say the seventies. Wow. And Ooh. in the hundred years that I tracked from like, uh, from I believe the survey started in like 1910 or 15 or something like that. And with, well, they started by, they started do, tracking it in like the thirties or forties by asking people older when did, you know, mm-hmm. so they were able to estimate back to like 1910 or 1915. It has been between 16 and a half and 17 and a half. Pretty much for the entire 20th and 21st century. It's never mm-hmm. it, like we, we think of it as though, oh, they're getting younger and younger or, or all the time. It's almost a straight line. What has changed is the age of marriage has gone from 17, 18 ish to 25, mm-hmm. much higher. Right. So at the time when the age of marriage was 18, the age of virginity loss was 17. Right. So people were. Probably losing their virginity just before marry, marrying whoever they were going to marry, even though your grandparents say that that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, but and, but, but and, everyone knows, there's like there's a lot of kids that right. are born eight months after a wedding.
1: Yes, there. Yes, uh, particularly, uh, or and a lot of kids who are born while the husband is away at World War One or two. That sort of thing. right. <laughs> that, that that happens a lot, and that and that goes on for you know. But the age of marriage goes up con- considerably. Once you have a um, larger percentage of women going to college, mm-hmm. because so many women in the or in the early part of the 20th century essentially got married out of high school, right. or dropped out of high school to get
2: married, that the average age sort of shoots yeah, up. Yeah, and so and and so when they're start, it's, so it's so it's pursuing higher started. education, they're waiting long, not waiting longer to get married, but the marriage age uh, rises. Goes, yeah because they're, they're busy I mean, with other stuff that
1: they're busy with other things and uh and when you have w- the more women who enter the who enter the workforce yeah. the age goes up so there are mm-hmm. things like that it's still in it's in the 20s um the number of people who get married also has dropped you know some people just never get yeah. married no but um but the but the but the the age of child brides and um and uh, is relatively level throughout the 20th century it's much lower Pre twentieth century, with a, uh, I mean, it goes. It drops down. The age of marriage drops down from seventeen to like sixteen, fifteen. Something I don't remember the exact ones because that's out of my century, and I didn't pay, yeah. and I didn't care that much. But it drops considerably because that's a that's very much a different world in the pre pre modern yeah, era. Yeah. Where the pre industrial revolution really, is mm-hmm. it's, yes. it's just a
2: completely different dynamic. I mean, and then you're also dealing with like pre medical revolution and and life mm-hmm. expectancy and the. That people are marrying the people you're, you marry the girl on the next farm over, and that's just how yeah, it is because yeah, your entire yeah, the, life the, the mechanism for it. There's the cousin yeah. situations, there's mm-hmm. the like maintaining familial connections, um, mm-hmm. and, and all and kinds of like, factors. Yeah, it, like it, with, it is right. almost an incomprehensible yeah. number of factors that, <laughs> that affect this. Yes. Um, when you're just crossing right. back. Before the 1900s, mm-hmm. sorry,
0: with medical right. stuff, and
2: your entire life happens in like a 50 mile radius yeah. from birth to death. Yeah, <laughs> so, and
0: yeah with so that, medical so revolution um, comes like the mm-hmm. the new set for for birth and, and yeah, yeah. So, you, so there's a lot you, like, more
2: childbearing goes years into years older right. than it than it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, infant mortality mm-hmm. is different.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're talking you're talking about a time where you know <laughs> you, you sort of wanted to have children. As young as possible because being pregnant at 25 might just kill you. Just flat, just, just flat out kill you. Yeah. So there, yeah, there, yeah, there were much. Yeah, it was a it was a much different place. Mm-hmm. Well, those are some really interesting statistics to bring into this. Yeah, no one quote me on exact numbers because I'm doing that from memory from a paper that I wrote six years ago. <laughs> so, but that's roughly where it is. It does mean that we look at sexuality in America since we, as a culture, tend to not talk about it as much. Mm-hmm. We look at it based on things that we see in movies and. The idea of very, very chaste teenagers. I was born in the 70s grew up in the 80s. The idea that I have growing up in the 80s and 90s and, and 70s is based on films from the 50s and 60s, which were made during the Hollywood Production Code era, where things were so chased mm-hmm. by rule that that's the cultural memory we have of that time period. Snow White being produced just before that in an era of Hollywood, which was much looser yeah. um, in, the, in the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, Pre-code. Uh, and then television would have us believe that all kids lose their virginity by 14 that's something that sort of the pushback after the code goes away in 1969 so 70s and 80s television and films your porkies your uh, all the way through your american pie um those movies are very much a rebellion of hey we can talk about kids and sex so all movies are that
2: (laughs) and then and then you get kind of the fallout of the people who started making tv shows having w- grown up watching those movies mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the effect of that going into TV shows um, and, and mm-hmm. how much sex is happening married in, with children in, in high schools days. in, in TV series, as
0: well as like the reality yes. TV series, like, uh, like the teen pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. And 16 and pregnant. Oh, and yeah.
2: yeah. So, so there's a, an entirely different dynamic of understanding this from a TV and movie perspective than, than the reality. The, like the numbers don't bear out. So
1: try to tie that back into the Disney princesses. <laughs> Cause
3: how do we get there to thongs and mathematics?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I think is interesting about the Disney princesses. And again, while doing a little bit of research here, I was floating around on our She-Ra episode a while, a while <clears> back <throat> we talked about, I don't even know if we we'll use the term, but the Mandela effect. We remember She-Ra the cartoon as being mm-hmm oh, she is this super sexy cartoon character. But it, I mean, she wasn't. She was a cartoon for eight-year-old girls. Right. That was what she was in the 80s. And you know, it's like, oh, you saw up her skirt constantly. Nope, that was Sailor Moon. It never happened. It, it does not occur in the original 80s cartoon. There's a lot of my vision of what She-Ra was, and I think most people's vision of what She-Ra was, is based on things that happened on the internet it's it's based on memes it's based on girls Halloween costumes it's based on talking about Uh, it afterwards right the extant text of Snow White As you pointed out, is an 83 minute movie and some brief appearances and some supplementary material, most of which has been produced in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Like she's a character who wanders around Disney World, you know, as some actress dressed up as her. But unlike later Disney cartoons, where hey, you know, Lion King did great, so we need a Saturday morning cartoon. Snow White never had that. Right. It's an 83 minute cartoon that, as you pointed out, was in the vault so much that most people see it a couple times in their lives until the until the DVD revolution when they can buy it. And I don't think you know, unless you have kids, you're not watching it every day. So the idea of what Snow White is, is I think based more on YouTube clips, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. the whistle while you work song, you know, know, it's, and so when I'm looking through things and I was looking at, oh, there is so much, and I'm going to use this term in two ways as both the person who does cultural studies, Marxist term, and also the person who does gender and sex studies, sex term, there is so much fetishization of Disney princesses it is amazing. <laughs> it is absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. The amount of marketing that goes into obviously they have a whole line of dolls and everything for kids, but also the fact that there is a line of lingerie mm-hmm. just connected to, you know, the idea that you can. And I'm not even sure who the fantasy is for. Is the fantasy that a woman has always wanted to be? A Disney princess, but now that you're 25, 30 years old, you want to be a sexy Disney princess, or is the fantasy that the man has always wanted his wife to be a Disney princess, so you want her to dress up? And I, it doesn't really matter because here's a sexy Cinderella outfit that you can wear to the bedroom. Yeah, and <laughs> there's that. There's the, there's the Halloween costumes at Spencer's. There's so much of well, it. Well, and I
2: think there's um, well, and, and another thing to throw out is like the the Grimm's Fairy Tales comic book series, um, mm-hmm. which is the same sort of stuff, if not the Disney princess specifically as far as like being able to sue them, <laughs> like, like as far as litigation goes, but, but like really, yeah, everyone knows mm-hmm. what's going on there. Um, and I think, um, for some things, I don't know if, if there's a difference and maybe you guys would, from an academic perspective, be able to talk to it more. If there's a difference between something that is sexual, give it being given like a, a Disney, um, veneer. So like lingerie, mm-hmm. that's being given Disney colors and, and accents. And something Disney, Disney and something Disney that is then being sexualized. So something sexual being Disneyified and something Disney being sexualized. Huh? Because like with the lingerie, that's that's not a Disney product. That's a product from a different company. Right. And they're basically towing the line by giving it colors and frills and saying like, but mm-hmm. well, like it's Disney princesses, guys. And please don't sue us. They <laughs> might not, they <laughs> not, might not and,
0: say the name of the princess with the. With right. the item but button. they're
2: but they're gonna call it the the poison apple <laughs> set or, or whatever the, the ice queen or yeah.
0: whatever um
2: and so it's like it's like this not too not too subtle stuff and it's like well disney's probably not gonna sue them about it but um and and like the halloween costumes have been doing this sort of stuff for decades yes and everyone knows mm-hmm. it you know they yes. get as close as they can without um you know, and, and try to make a buck without getting sued and getting the cease and desist order. Um, and so, but like the Halloween costumes, I'm not sure where it falls, but with the lingerie, it's like, okay, it's a lingerie company. They make lingerie and they're like, well, maybe we can make it with like this kind of coat of Disney on it and, and get whoever is is in that market. Um, if it's blue and yellow, that's kind of blue and yellow well, and that's red. Enough. It's kind of snow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and so I don't know if it's like I mean, they, that company's going to be making lingerie anyway, mm-hmm. and they're trying to That's make true. a buck and and trying to hit an audience. Like, eh. there's adults now who grew up watching Disney movies; they might go for it. <laughs> and if not, you just have some blue and yellow underwear. Yeah, and and because- it's like, I mean, otherwise, like, it's still lingerie; it's still going to sell. Yeah. I mean, guy. I mean, not, not necessarily to women. Guys are still going to buy that for their girlfriends. (laughs) Sure. Sure. It's going to, it's going to do business at Valentine's day Mm
0: -hmm. because that's the
2: thing people Mm do. And, and so like with that one, it's like, well, that's like a sexual object that's been given, that's been Disney-fied. And, you know, given, given the trappings of, of a Disney character. And Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely other stuff that's like Disney stuff. And then people have taken it and, Turned it sexual, or or given it a, like a sexual reading.
1: So I also on the blog I link to a set. Uh, Cosmopolitan did an article on a set of artwork that they found where someone created Fifty Shades of Grey parody from various Disney pairings. So you've got Eric and, and Ariel. You've got. Let's see if I can find the art. It's Div- deviant art. <laughs> well, Reader. deviant art. There's there's plenty of that yeah. stuff. <laughs> going on. Well, sure, sure. But, but, but there, you know, you've got, um, you've got Eric and Ariel, you've got, um, the beast and Belle. but these pictures only work if you know who Eric and Ariel are. Right. And that, that, that is the story. The story is, Hey, here's Eric and Ariel naked in a bathtub together. I, you probably need to know who they are more than you need to be familiar with 50 shades of gray. That is a specific Mm -hmm. sexualizing of the Disney product. And then you have to what extent does Disney itself sexualize the characters? And obviously they're aiming directly at young children, so they're not going to do much. However, there have been issues, for instance, Merida, when Merida became an official Disney princess. And by the way, I might ask you guys to talk about that. There's a difference between being a princess in a Disney film and being a Disney princess, which is fascinating to me. (laughs) Yes, we we would love to dig
2: into some of that.
1: But (laughs) before we get there... When Merida was officially coronated a Disney princess, there was... Some bit of controversy because they prettied her up and the entire point of her movie is that she is mm-hmm. trying to buck gender norms. Yeah. She's, she's like the anti princess
2: princess. Yeah. yeah.
1: In an, in, in an extremely safe kind of way. I mean, yeah. you know, she's, it's not like, it's not like they made her butch for that movie, but she is trying to, she doesn't want to get married. That's the plot of the film. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't need a man is essentially the plot too brave and her hair. And also she has her. Completely untamable wild mane of hair, and then they put her in the Dins- they, Disney they Princess. And they, redid
2: the they did. They redid the artwork,
1: so she looked just like everybody else. Yeah. Which was
2: like, well, yeah, and they actually did they, they did um like a, a redesign for all of them. So yes. at that time, they they released um like fresh artwork for all eleven of the Disney princesses that were all kind of in line with that. And and people mm-hmm. complained particularly about Merida, but it was also problematic for Mulan and Pocahontas. Um, Why is that specifically if you look at
0: their, If you look at their,
2: um, like their old design versus their new design. Like, um, I mean, some of the issues was just like adding sparkles here and there. Um, but also like the style of dress changed for Mulan in particular. And it's like, well, that doesn't like match Mulan as a character anymore. This doesn't match anything that she's ever worn before. It doesn't match like her attitudes in the film and everything. And so it was kind of a drastic change. Um, and so, and so there were complaints all around uh, Merida was the most uh, like uh, media um, connected one.
0: So Merida was coronated in May 2013 and her film came out in 2012 and mm-hmm. it was around 2013, around the time that she was coronated um, at Disney World and Disneyland. Um might just been disney world but uh that they came out with the these new the, designs the, the for new the princesses artwork. and and everybody mainly had an uh, like a fetish for the uh, not a fetish but they they were angered by the mm-hmm. by the designs for some of them specifically merida mostly probably because she was her film was the most recent one mm-hmm. as well as like she was one who defied men and, and everything. And and um, now it's like, oh, what's
2: the, like now they, she's all they glitter. They gave
0: her <laughs> lighter colors, dresses and dress and um, with um, so they were brighter and um, more and basically, sparkly basically and,
2: more feminine.
0: And her hair was a lot more tame in the design Whereas in the movie, her hair is not tamed at all. So mm-hmm. um, so people mostly complained about that. But there were other complaints for Mulan, for Pocahontas um, specifically. Um, Mo- Mulan looks younger, like ages younger in her new design um, versus her older design is another example of that. Um, mm-hmm. But then you come to 2018 is that when the Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph comes out this came year. Out? But is that when the pictures uh, came yeah, out? Yeah, I think they, a- they came out earlier this so year. So then you ca- they come out with these these new designs for the Wreck-It Ralph 2.
2: Which is, in most cases, also an adaptation into a new um, animation style. Yes. Not, not universally, but most of them are. For but, the first time being mm-hmm. uh, computer generated.
0: But then people complain about those designs as well, because they don't look like the princesses in their... Actual film,
2: for example, Cinderella for the first time ever has ears, hmm. um, and so people complain. There's also been complaints um, that Tiana. Pocahontas was a little bit pale. The same for Tiana, Tiana. Um, and there were complaints actually between like the two different trailers that they had changed Tiana, which I don't know if that's accurate. Um, mm-hmm. But people have complained that it happened. They're like, why did they? Why did they make Tiana so much paler in the second trailer? And
0: I can't remember um, which princess, but it was one of them that has like a different face shape now than she did before. And so now like, Mm -hmm. they're like, that looks nothing. like uh, her.
2: like Merida, Merida looks kind of weird. And like the one close up that they released is like, that really does not look like the character from the Pixar movie, like (laughs) really recently guys. Yes. Um, And so there's, there was a lot of complaints. I mean, anytime that they're changing the look of like the classic Disney princess brand characters, there's going to tend to be complaints. Um, but in some cases, I think they're more founded than others. As you're speaking, I'm looking, I, I pulled up
1: images. There are, yeah, Tiana is definitely darker in some shots than she is in others. This is, I mean, it, it is a noticeable, and I don't know what it's going to be when the film is actually released. Yeah, or, that, that
2: could be something about the two different trailers. That could be something about like the, I mean, they may have just, Um, had a different um, like bit rate on the edit of the two different trailers, or it could be lighting in different scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say, but people picked it out and and they said, Hey, you know what? What's with this change? So the Disney princesses in Wreck-It Ralph appear
1: to include Anna and Elsa, who I believe are not technically Disney princesses. They are not
2: part of the brand right now, (laughs) but maybe, maybe they'll be coronated. But as Kestra did some research into it today. So
0: there are 11 Officially coordinated Disney Princesses, and, and
2: th- we're talking like so. There's it's it's like a meta contextual Disney Princess brand. There is marketing that is the Disney Princesses. They they get to be called the Disney Princesses for marketing purposes. Which
0: that brand started in the year two thousand. Um, someone I can't remember their name. I'd I have to go back and go through my. Uh, search history on my phone but um someone had went to see disney on ice and had seen some girls in non-disney branded um princess dresses so like ariel and mm-hmm. and bell and um that were not disney branded. and they're like oh we could make money off of this because it's disney and um and so they brought it up with and uh, started and then formed this new brand in the year 2000. And they coronated, um, they had an official uh, coronation list for that year. Let me quickly have it up and, here, and, right here.
2: And this is subject to change and it allows them to do big events around it. And so it was a big deal for Merida to be um, inducted into it and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So it, it is kind of just a branding agenda for the most part. But I mean people talk about Disney princesses and now they get to talk about it in two ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So the original first, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine. Uh, first, the first, uh, the classic lineup, the classic nine lineup that were c- the part of the 2000 brand was snow white, Cinderella, Aurora, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Mulan, and Tinkerbell. And then yes, I was wondering
1: if you were going to mention Tinkerbell, who is yes. the, the lost Disney princess of yes. Tinkerbell. Yes. Oh.
0: 2005, Tinkerbell was taken off that list because they they formed the Tinkerbell movies and, like, the Tinkerbell fairy. So they they created so the they Disney a Disney fairy, fairy brand, print, brand um, because they're like, oh, Tinkerbell's not exactly a princess. So they, they took her off the <laughs> Disney princess brand.
1: You mean the way that Pocahontas and Mulan are? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and of course.
0: <laughs> and then sure. Tiana was the first um, person to be added. Um, and that was in 2010. And then, so, um, Tiana then Rapunzel then Merida. Mm -hmm. And so that's the original, or that's the official, um, Eleven Disney princesses,
2: and they haven't—they haven't added anyone from Frozen, and they haven't added Moana, mm-hmm. even though they're in the—they're in Wreck It Ralph as princesses,
1: but they're not officially part of the line, right? Presumably, yes. presumably because their merchandise
2: can support their own sales for now. Yeah, yeah. So, so they'll rebrand them later and
0: mm-hmm.
2: r- release some new merch.
0: Yeah, but there are other characters that, like Andrew and uh, I, would have been like, oh, they should definitely be a Disney yeah. princess. Yeah, I mean, then like, then you have
2: like, and they don't have a brand for it, but there are. I mean, um, at at least almost as many non-princess Disney female heroines who, I mean, they could do another brand and and have it be Disney heroines. And I'm sure that there's just as much fetishization and and sexualization of these characters. Well, maybe not as much.
1: Wendy, Alice. Mm -hmm. um, Uh, uh, Jane, Jane Megara. Esmeralda,
2: Esmeralda, certainly.
1: mm -hmm. Esmeralda,
0: definitely. And
2: Um, I mean, I mean. Even if you want to if you want to lean into that stuff, you can talk about Robin Hood and Maid Marian um, mm-hmm. because that stuff's out there too. Um, some people attribute uh, popularity of, of furries um, going back to Robin Hood. Yeah, that's an argument that is I also raised briefly on
1: the blog. There is a question as to the way sex is depicted in the Disney films. I'm not sure whether Disney is sexualizing or desexualizing their characters. Certainly they're gendering. They're in a different way. There's a, there's a very specific idea of what a princess is in. Now you guys told me the terms ahead of time, the pre Disney renaissance yeah
2: versus the post yeah <laughs> post- we, we have stuff. five eras that we talk about and so i think you mean like like the disney classics um
0: which goes up to um a, which, for us for, it goes for, from snow white to um, sleeping beauty all yeah. those films but so there would just be those three princesses snow which white is, cinderella and and aurora
2: yeah which is um 20 years but only has three princesses then there's a the dark age which has no official disney princesses um although there is a, a character that... um that would would fit into that which would be um from Black Cauldron. Yes. Um, okay. And that's from from the Don Bluth era um at Disney and there was actually some stuff where they had to they had to take out sections from the Black Cauldron because like guys this is a little too sexy. There was like some torn dresses and things. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Black Cauldron's just a little it, it's Weird it's kind of, overall, it's kind of but weird.
2: Um, and then you get the Renaissance, which is which is the the Disney Princess heyday, yeah. Um, which is the Little Mermaid, Ariel Arie 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 comes Mermaid, in a Little
0: Mermaid. So Ariel, Belle, um, and then Jasmine, you get Jasmine Pocahontas. and Pocahontas and Mulan. Mm-hmm. There's also Esmeralda in that section, but she's not
2: princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Princess. Um, and then um, that goes basically till 2000. We call it the an experimental era from 2000 into 2010 or so, and then. Um, right now, we're calling it a modern era, um, but you could call it a number of things, but we don't have a term for it yet because it's just what's current.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's what's current. And they have two kind of different things. going yeah, on. Yeah, they, the they have time. sort
2: of, um, you know, a Disney princess brand with musicals and everything. And they have kind of a non Disney princess brand with Rick and Ralph, Ralph, Big Hero 6, Six. Um, Zootopia,
1: Zootopia. So in the original, the classic era. You've got your classic fairy tale idea of gender. You've got well, in the obvious two that we've spoken most about, princess falls asleep and is rescued. Mm-hmm. Cinderella's got a different story. She, you know, she never falls asleep. Yeah. But it's very much a it's very much a how do I use magic to find a man is roughly the plot of all three of those films. Yeah, um,
2: or yeah, there's and, more and, to it than that. But yeah, yeah. and and, and uh, more passive behavior um, mm-hmm. than than even that description would suggest. You know, I w- kind of wait for the man to come.
1: And then you have all of your modern eras, um, everything Ariel and post. Now, Ariel is still. And by the way, Little Mermaid is my favorite of these movies. My, my nieces will be happy to know that they, they know that my favorite my favorite Disney princess, because I've been asked, is Ariel. And it's, it's a
2: very good choice. It is a <laughs> yeah. very good movie.
1: However, I understand the problems of <laughs> I mean, Little Mermaid is essentially the story of. A horny 16 year old girl who, in many ways, is not very smart and her quest to find a man. There are so many, so many problems with that film, Mm -hmm. and I love it. But to her credit, beyond where Snow White is or even Cinderella, Ariel is very much a protagonist, you know, to name. Yeah. Andrew's other show in a way that the original three Disney princesses are not. You know, she she has help mm-hmm. and Cinderella does a little bit, but Ariel's not just waiting for her man. She's going out and trying to find him and she's actively involved in the adventure in a way that the priors aren't. Yeah, And then even more so, I mean, Aladdin is not Jasmine's movie, but she is a very active part of that film. Beauty and the yeah. Beast, Belle is a very active part of that film. They do things. And then obviously once we get to the modern era, even including Frozen, whether they're official Disney princesses or not aside, that is a story about the princesses doing things in Frozen in particular to buck the idea of sort of as a send up of the fact that Anna wants to be a classic Disney princess and find her man. Elsa has no interest in this whatsoever because she's got bigger problems on her mind. And it's about whether or not you need to do this tangled a mm, little bit of both. And then uh, what else is in there? Uh, Moana. Uh, Moana. Yeah. So they're, so they, so they are trying to do a different version of femininity, yeah. I think, in the post 2000 ish era. When it was a Little Mermaid? Uh, 89. 89. 89, really that early. Okay. 89, <laughs> <89? laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're, they're, they're doing something different, but they're still, on the other hand, when they sell the toys, it's all about, you know, they don't sell a Disney princess pantsuit. It, <laughs> it's all frilly dresses for a little. I mean, and I've got, again, I've got nieces who are very into this stuff. Well, they, they do
2: sell Disney princess tracksuits. Oh, okay. So, so you can get <laughs> athletic wear. Um, that's brand okay. as
0: well as like t shirts and, and, yeah, other and, and
2: casual wear. casual
0: wear, but,
2: um, mm-hmm. but, but like, I mean, costumes
0: and, and, yeah, for dress up, dresses for, and, for
2: dressing up, it, it, it's as frilly as it can get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but also, that's, I mean, That's the dress up stuff targeted up to about seven years old. They don't really do dress Mm -hmm. up stuff beyond that.
0: Sometimes up to 10, depending on. Mm -hmm. And
2: and it's like, it's like, well, this is like that is in the context of frilly princess dress up tea parties. And then they stop selling that because they assume that you outgrow it. And then it's like, okay, well, have a T-shirt, have a jacket. Mm
1: -hmm. So Disney does acknowledge that a 16 year old or a. 26 year old or a 36 year old or a 46 year old they there are there is product that you can buy for your princess love oh yeah kestra, kestra
2: has a has a pair of joggers uh jogger pants that's mm-hmm. ariel themed it's it's like seafoam green and yeah. it's got a picture of ariel and flounder
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, but
1: you can't be ariel there's no blue dress with um with the
2: well, ribbon and some of that might have to do with um
0: at the disney park with, with the parks um, there's some policies that the you when you're 14, you can no longer wear a costume to the parks unless it's a Halloween party. Um, so, so
2: little girls up to 14 and and little boys
0: um,
2: can dress in costume as a character at Disney theme parks. Yes, and beyond that, it is not permitted, and people resort to what they call Disney bounding. Yeah, Wayne. At some point,
1: we're doing a show on Disney bounding. It's fascinating. Okay, <laughs> are you familiar with the term? No, I'm not.
2: Which which is basically representing the character in, in block colors, in block and, colors, um okay, or, or okay. occasional style tones. Or
0: accessories um, and yeah,
2: but without crossing the line into costume.
0: So like the okay. easiest description would be green pants and a purple shirt like a purple t-shirt
1: is an aerial um, bound with
0: like a a starfish or something hair accessory of some kind that would be an aerial bound
1: and you dye your hair red before you go
2: before you go (laughs) to work Um, okay yeah
1: and
3: and so it's it's what we call stealth cosplay the the people who dress like janet van dyne to go to work but don't tell anybody that's who it is but don't tell anybody that's what you are. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Okay, yeah. A
1: good friend of Wayne and mine, um, uh, shout out to Helena, who listens to the show, hey, um, went to her prom as Emma Frost, the White Queen. <laughs> I believe you and I were the only people who knew that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but, she, but she went out of her way to buy... You know, as
2: as close to white, clean accessories as she could for her prom. I was was gonna say it's like there's some limits to that for still being able to get into a prom. I think yes. (laughs) Well,
0: yes,
2: (laughs) and for Helena's personal level of decency, but but that was clearly what she was going for. It was was all white, Mm -hmm. silver, some Mm -hmm. furs. Mm
0: -hmm. There -hmm. there are a lot of uh, like Disney pages that that people post questions about Disney bounding, and Mm -hmm. and they'll they'll bound to like a a wedding or. a um, or something they'll just be like I'm yeah, looking and there's, for something blogs and that's Instagrams a little bit and, easier and, and to dress up for. as but like what about this or or something like that yeah
2: and so I think part of the like the marketing of Disney princess dress up probably cuts off probably a little younger than 14
0: Yeah, um,
2: in part because they're like well we're not going to let you wear that to the park so we're going to cut that off so we're also not going to sell it at the park and okay. if they don't sell it at the park it's kind of unlikely that they'll sell it anywhere else also, um, but they, they do sell the track pants there. Um, the track pants we did not get at the park. We no. got that at a different store. But it seems like it's legitimately Disney um, endorsed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so, I mean, and there's of course the balance of things that aren't Disney endorsed and the things that are. If you if you walk into a hot topic, you're gonna get both. But but yeah, there's there's definitely Disney produced merchandise that's princess themed. Um, handbags is actually a really big one. Um, They do it through a company called Loungefly. And if you look up the Disney handbags handbags and wallets wallets through Loungefly, that's probably their biggest Disney princess and Disney villain themed push. And beyond, like, that's these are these characters. They are themed, they are hardcore themed. And we want you as a 20 something or 30 something year old to buy these and use them. How many do you have, Kestra? I
0: only have one. It's a wallet but
2: um, we're very frugal,
0: but you know, right now I have a diaper bag, so so it has has many mouses all over it, heads all over it. So (laughs) because
2: they have other brands beyond the Disney princesses, but I'd say that the bags and wallets is kind of their big Disney princess for older people.
0: um, They do. They do have other um, stores, but those are at, at like not inside the parks. They're at the downtown Disney or Disney Springs, like Outlet mall kind of area right by the parks, um, which has specific dresses that are um, designed for like Disney um, theming. Yeah,
2: like they know people will buy it because it's Disney princess stuff, and they just need to find the right items to to sell the right way. Mm -hmm. And and so it moves from you know frilly dresses into clothing items and T shirts into bags and handbags Mm -hmm. into. Um, jewelry they do jewelry sets with like watches and bracelets they do they do perfume that's princess themed makeup um mirrors combs
0: mirrors combs I, and like the the dresses I was talking about the downtown disney stuff um they just have patterns that um yeah. like represent they're not the dresses like the costumes
2: yeah they they, they pretty they're, much they're steer, more... steer clear of adult costuming yeah um for whatever reason they expect people to grow out of the costuming. And and Disney has not, as far as I know, opted for the lingerie option. Mm-hmm.
1: But you buy it at Hot Topic or Spencer's yeah, pe- Gifts people buy the yeah, other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the off-brand version. Well, so my point to asking that, though, was Jewett and Lawrence, a couple of scholars that I reference relatively frequently on the show, who work with the Monomyth, which is mm-hmm. why I reference them. They make a comment that I don't know that I buy into. That I talked about on the blog where they argue that Disney, they believe sexualizes things more the less human the characters. That is to say that they would say... So, so Robin Hood is more sexualized than Snow White. Yes, but even more so, Lion King with Nala and Simba, they would argue, is a far more sexual play when they're wrestling each okay. other than anything in Little Mermaid or Snow White where the ultimate goal is a kiss that right. signifies
2: marriage. Okay, this went a different way than I was expecting. <laughs> so I have to kind of recalibrate my brain. Um, well, what were you expecting? Just well, I, 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 was, right. I was thinking that um, they were going to suggest that... like the anthropomorphized animal characters are like coated with like more hourglass figures and, and, you know, more bust more butt than than the human figures I think there's something that is particularly well
1: I think it's more I think it's more prevalent in Warner Brothers cartoons with uh, yeah. with your yeah but uh, but particularly with Robin Hood I think you've got a little bit of that with Robin and Marion mm-hmm. and also you know there's the question of Roger Rabbit which I think is sort of special because it's not exactly Disney but it is
2: yeah that's a um, complicated
1: <laughs> yeah it's property. A, but I think when you're looking at something specifically like I was trying to think of deviations. They argue, for instance, that Mickey and Minnie are specifically asexual Mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. First off, if they're naked, you can't tell them apart. They're (laughs) they are. Minnie and Mickey are exactly the same. Minnie has eyelashes beyond Mm -hmm. what Mickey does. But but they are like they're they're still the same character is recognizable
2: because Minnie wears a bow. Like there's there's gender coding,
1: Mm -hmm. and Minnie wears a bow, and depending on the time period, either just a skirt Mm -hmm. versus just shorts, and high heels. Yeah, they they wear clothes. They have heels. Minnie has feminine coded qualities, but otherwise, uh, uh, accessories rather. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, is exactly Mickey, and their physical interaction with each other is relatively antagonistic, uh, Donald and Daisy as well, other than, you know, a brief kiss at the end of the episode. And they would code those things as anthropomorphic creatures who are effectively human analogs, even though they happen to be a mouse. Um, They would argue that they're asexualizing those Mm -hmm. characters and then if you take something like bambi who is specifically looking to mate right or you take something like lion king Mm -hmm. where again nala is very much more sexually aware than simba but it's clear that that's what's going on right they believe that you get more of that
2: that is sort of it's sort of more allowed i just don't know if they have enough solid examples to make a a a solid argument Mm um because bambi and lion king I can't think of the other like, I, I, Brother Bear doesn't have any female characters. Yeah, there. so
1: that's
0: Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp.
2: Okay, Lady and the
0: Tramp that actually does, does track, but track. they do
2: it yeah. very implicitly and not as explicitly as Lion King or Bambi does. Because, because they so so there's there's an implication in Lady of, and the Tramp, which it's like a fifty fifty, even on Disney podcast, whether or not people read it this way.
0: And but, I didn't think about um, it until like just so yeah. What? This is
2: this is not one of ours, but there. So Lady and the Tramp. They spend it. They spend a day together, and then they go get the Italian food, and they go up to a hilltop and they watch the moon. And then the next day, Tramp is gone. And when Lady gets back home, she's disheveled. Two of the other dogs offer to marry her to save her from the shame, meaning yes. that she's pregnant. Yes. And and yeah. that she, and the so implication is and she's disheveled, and he's yeah, and he's left. And tr- Whereas and he, yes. people and are tramp. like,
0: oh, to save it's, her so from people, yeah. From some people, Aunt Sarah,
2: and are like, what is like, what is this scene? And and I mean, admittedly, I haven't watched as a, as an adult. I don't know if I would have taken the correct reading, but I think the correct reading is like these two are offering to marry her because she's pregnant and mm-hmm. and she's kind of ashamed of it. And they want to they're they're trying to be nice, even though they're older dogs and, and all this stuff. And it's kind of a joke about mm-hmm. like needing to marry a girl that got pregnant on accident, you know, and 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 making sure that she's covered and saying it's like, look, she's married. It's OK. Everything. Everything's all right. And like and and so that one is subtle enough that a lot of people still don't read it that way. See, I love that film. So I would offer
1: that the tramp. I mean, beyond that, it is clear in the film that he, uh, he has is, done this to other dogs. Yeah. He sleeps around. It's yes. uh, There's that's, a song about the it. song
2: <laughs> that they're talking about. No, like he's a tramp, not in a kid's movie sense and not like no. a lovable tramp. It's like No, this guy sleeps around and there's who knows how many puppies out there. Right. He's a tramp and I love him is very much (laughs) it it is on topic in the song. but Um, but People fail to read the movie. I I think like the correct reading and and once you think about it, it it is very obvious that that is the reading you need to get and people mm -hmm. go in depth in that movie and and still don't pull it out as as that Mm -hmm. interpretation. So I think for whatever reason that one is obscure enough or or subtle enough and I mean once you know it's like, okay, that's not really or, subtle. Or they
0: only think about it in their kids'. Yeah, mind, or, or you're not like taking as a child
2: a a, a like post sixteen year old um perspective on it. It's like, oh, they just like they just made puppies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, this is the situation. And so that one I'm I'm conflicted about whether what that one supports um Lawrence and Jewett or not. Hmm. But um like the Lion King and Bambi, I'm like, I'm pretty on board. And um, Aristocats, I think is actually pretty sexless. Yes. Um, they like, there's a conversation, but it's like that conversation doesn't have anything to do with sex. It's all about like marriage and, and family obligations, Mm -hmm. um, Dalmatians, they're married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think there's anything that's. Implied as especially sexual. Like, those 101 Dalmatians are not their puppies.
0: No. It's they, just they, exactly. have, they have an average litter. It's yeah. just the 15 yeah. litter, and then and then they find all them. the rest. <laughs> yeah,
2: and so so there's not even an implication through that that they've been especially sexual. Yeah, I I don't know if there's enough to reinforce I it. I know a lot but, of people with Lion
0: King that... Um, uh, can you feel the love tonight? Everybody's like, oh, that's the the sex song. Like it, like yeah. And because, like when you watch, it, it's like,
2: okay, they're, like they're letting this get pretty sexy. Yes. Um, as as far as that goes with with lions and Elton John mm-hmm. singing, and and everything, <laughs> you know, like and so for that one, like I I would probably take that on face value with Lawrence and Jewett's argument, but I don't think it's consistent enough. Across the ones we've we've mentioned that are you know minimally anthropomorphized animals, um, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah they might take advantage of it sometimes to allow themselves to be like okay we can play into into like the bedroom eyes a little bit more here, but I don't think that um, that it's consistent or or absolute enough to really make a play. And and even if it were a hundred percent, which is not based on what we're talking about. I don't think that's enough statistical relevance to to make a solid argument for it.
1: I think you also lose something with the the early '90s, late '80s cartoons. Uh, your, your Chippendale Rescue Rangers and your tailspin mm-hmm. had very definite sexual undertones of the. I mean, it's not the films, but yeah, Chippendale okay. gadget. Exist to be lusted after by Chippendale. That's yeah. That that is part of the canon storyline. Yeah. In in a very Looney Tunes way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much so. I think it's out there.
2: Yeah. But it's, it's an interesting concept. And if they were to do some more films that were, I mean, granted, we're not talking about uh, like the, the barnyard film from the 2000s. (laughs) Like there's some films we're skipping over. Okay, I don't know these movies. You guys know um, because because nobody talks chicken about. Chicken Little. Yeah. Uh, and so oh, I don't know. Um, chicken Little wouldn't count because they're they're anthropomorphized. Dinosaur maybe leans a little closer to Lion Not King. To but dinosaur. Yeah. Dinosaur. dinosaur. Yeah. Um, but I still don't think it's quite far enough into. The, I think Lion King is like the best example to to give yeah. of it, and I don't think it's that there's anything um, in that direction. So it's it's like Bambi. And Lion King, and in between, it's kind of 50-50. So yeah, it, and and Zootopia doesn't count because it's anthropomorphized. So we'd have to really take a, like a close look and and do a deep reading on all of them, um, all all the animals as animals films, not animals as tiny people films.
0: Yeah, so like not rescuers, <laughs> not yeah, uh, no Great Mouse, mouse detective.
2: detective. I mean, we'd have to pull up like the the, the Oliver full and Company, list. Oliver and Company. I
0: mean, I mean George George George, but I don't James, think. George, Whatever her name is, I don't think that
2: I don't think that really gets into that territory. Um, (laughs) So it's really Lion King and Bambi is like, yeah, like there's definitely like sexuality on play in those movies. Um, and Lion King in particular I think because it gets the big (laughs) musical number about it Bambi there's just a lot of discussion it's like what does Twitter painted mean (laughs) Uh, it's it's like well animals it means you're in heat and so there's things like that but yeah like the next time I'm paying attention to them all I might I might try to pay special attention to it but I'm not 100% on board with their stuff but there might be something to what they're saying I, I
0: think mostly it's it's something that That could be set like subtly there um, or or something that the the animators and directors didn't mean to like. Yeah.
2: Or or just like it's like and it's
0: something that people are taking from it because that's what people do. it's, It's
2: a reading. I don't know to what percent it's it's really in line. And also. The animators are probably saying, "Like, so, so, we can get away with a little bit more." They're lions, you yeah. know. It's like if,
1: it, if to believe there's anything sexual so, in any Disney property that was not done on purpose. <laughs> yes, the yes, I am including the castles in Little Mermaid, and again,
3: I love that film. So, so how? I, I, how has Disney kept young women from learning? math?
2: Oh, right. Um, <laughs> well, I think Hang we up. settled on, we don't agree with that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> so we well, okay. resolved nothing.
1: <laughs>
3: well, I actually, hold on,
1: hold on. Hold on. Cause I was like, oh, you had a story, Wayne, you had a story before, before we recorded that you said you wanted to tell. You know, about, it was just,
3: it, it was just a neat anecdote in the story. I thought the last customer I had today, and I, Knowing that we were talking about this night, I thought this was perfect. There's no, no prompting at all. He has a, a daughter who is probably eight or nine or whatever. <laughs> we got a book in today that is a children's book essentially telling stories of Buffy the vampire slayer. And he, he saw it and he just, I, I have to buy this for my daughter because she's, she wants to be a slayer. She, slayer. She has nothing to do with those Disney princesses. <laughs> so
1: huh
3: yeah how much is that so,
1: so he's raised her though <laughs> yeah right right, right. So. He, he's a
3: comic book fan and a marvel superhero fan and, and whatever but yeah. yeah it just like you know, the, the the phrasing was like she she wants nothing to do with the disney princesses i like, like wow okay she wants to be a slayer slayer
0: <laughs> yeah well some some people like some kids they they have different um, desires and like and different wants and and ideas. I mean, um, I know that our niece, when she was about to be born, um, her um, our Andrew's um, mom makes quilts uh, uh, for each kid that's about to be born, and her parents were like, "No, not pink, so, not so anything." Her her,
2: her parents um, at the time were, were both actively serving in the military, um, yeah, they, and, yeah. and, and like you, you can't imagine like a less Disney Princess family, right. although my brother is a huge fan of Winnie the Pooh and hugged Tigger when he went to Disneyland um, as an adult. But
0: they absolutely did not want, a pink but they're like, like no
2: princesses. Quilt. Don't make it pink. Don't make so, it. Don't make it like quote unquote girly. No frills. Yeah. And
0: and now and the girl is, is she's nine to, and um, she loves. Like, she is pink. all about like pink all pink, sparkles. All sparkles. Wow, like.
2: Yeah. It's like it's so like it's t- just, it's despite it's their best efforts, like I don't know.
0: And then I know like <laughs> other other girls, they're, they they grew up with pink, and they're like, yeah, fine, I, like I I'm okay with the princesses, but I'd rather be like Wonder Woman or something mm, like that, right?
3: Or Hermione Granger, yes, or whatever. Exactly. yeah, whatever. No, and 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 just the the personality don't have you you might not uh, if I find this that amusing but the picture i have from disney world when i was there many years ago with one of the characters mm-hmm. it was with Brer was with mm-hmm. bear bear oh which i i, I think <laughs> I he's thought- out of a job oh. now
1: uh <laughs> Well, no, this is perhaps a different episode. We might have to have you guys back. One of the most fascinating things about Disney to me, the Disney parks, is that Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear, like those characters exist in movies that Disney disavows. Like, they're, they're, you, you, you can't buy a copy now.
3: Right? <laughs> but, but are, are the characters, are they still there?
0: They still have Splash Mountain, which is based off of it. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, usually you can't find the characters, but um, when I was working at Disney World, I worked at Big Thunder Mountain. So I was in Frontierland right next to Splash Mountain. And um, around Halloween like around the Halloween parties, you could find Br'er Br'er Bear. Okay. And sometimes Br'er Fox, not really Br'er Rabbit, though. Huh. Okay. Interesting mm. enough. Huh.
1: But they, I, I, they just, I mean they do love the yeah. song still though, don't they? They still play play. Yes, yeah. Zip- Splash Zip- Mountain, Zip- Mountain Zip- is
0: Song of the South and it's all about Br'er Rabbit being chased by Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. And at the very end you have a very long song about Zippity Doodah.
1: Okay,
2: okay. With no with no reference to work. from. you know maps sometime. In in talking about gender and and like gendering culture, you got to talk to to Joseph and have him tell a story about his daughter at, and like the day she realized based on advertising, it's like oh this is girl stuff and that's boy stuff,
3: yeah, which yeah. is, which is <laughs> a
2: sad story. Um, but but for a long time, they they managed to shield her from it, and there were. You know, the tea parties, but like Hulk's invited. And yeah, Jasmine can ride there in the Batmobile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that like on Facebook, I follow several Disney pages, mostly for people who are, are like planning a Disney trip, usually to Disney World. And people are like, my son wants to wear this princess dress or wants to wear a Cinderella shirt or something like that because he loves that film. Mm-hmm. And and people are like, what like do I let him? Do I not let him? Because
2: because people are conflicted about their opinion right. of gendering. Of, Even of, though of their son's like
0: four years old, and it's just like I love Cinderella. <laughs> like that's my favorite film. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it mm-hmm. gets complicated with culture and everything. Culture's hard, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we have a new <laughs> <slogan>. culture's hard. <laughs> I like <laughs> we resolved nothing,
2: and
3: culture's hard.
2: <laughs> I think that's a good way to end. Thank you guys so much. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are awesome. We had a great time. This was, this
3: was a blast. I, and, and you you were you were a perfect guest on a night where neither Maverick or I fell up to talking very much.
2: Yeah, I, I hope we let you guys talk enough. No, you were fine. No, we,
1: we can do this whenever we want. This has been you great. Right. Yeah. Um, so if people want to listen to
2: your show, well, I guess your show and a half. Because you've been lately, you've been on the other show more often than you used to yeah. be. Yeah, so I've been I've been stepping into Protagonist Podcast um, more than than before because Todd Mack, one of our, our longtime 200 episode uh, co-hosts, is to be stepping away and so i've been stepping in a bit more mm-hmm. and then uh we together are disney animation minute essentials or dame mm-hmm. and at some point we're going to release our episodes on little mermaid there is so much good content in there yeah you, so much <laughs> and and i mean and and in snow white go back and listen to snow white you'll learn so many things that you didn't know how much you wanted to not know about apples <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did
2: some research into apples for an episode. Um, and Just and, wait
0: till under the sea. Yeah, that's, and that's the mermaid, gonna you're going to learn so
2: much about deep sea fish.
0: Um, we're not very prominent on our social media because we're on hiatus, but you can find us on Facebook at Disney animation minute, secret essential listener society or damsels. Yeah. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram at dis minute.
1: We'll just link to those.
2: Don't try to memorize. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. We, we made it. There'll be links in the show we, notes. We made the name of the podcast podcast Disney animation minute essentials so that we can skip films that we don't want to do. And also so we get minute by
0: minute. Yeah. It's like
2: Fantasia. All right. We're not going to do that minute by minute, but segment by segment we could do. It's
1: a great idea for a show. I do enjoy it. I, I, I... Invite everyone to try it out because, again, having just listened to this episode, these are two people who know how to go in-depth <laughs> on, on a topic, which is why that we asked them to do it.
3: Oh, uh, Wayne, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, my blog, Wayne-Wise.com, which might actually be updated sometime soon. I have a Ooh. couple things waiting. It's It's been way too long because I've been doing other things. That's exciting. I, I, I'm still doing things but uh
1: you can find me on my blog at chrismaverick.com you can find me on twitter at chrismaverick you can follow the show at www.voxpopcast.com you can subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher please do that if you're enjoying this for great top content and if you subscribe please write us a review you don't get enough of those we will read it on the air we will it will make us love you because again, as I say every episode we are sad and lonely little men who need your love because we have holes in our heart where all our all souls we have, all we have is pop culture and comedy that's right, it's very sad um, so please subscribe please leave us a review, tell your friends follow us on social media and let us know what you think in the blog, look for the calls for comments comment on the episodes, let us know how things are going and what you want to hear more of once again, I'd like to thank Kestra and Andrew for stopping by and being here on the show. Come back anytime. Us. Thank you. Yes, thank you. That was great. We, we loved it. We have, we'd be happy to come back.
0: Yes, thanks
1: for And I'd like to thank you for, you for listening. Thank you to Maximilian of Thoughtcore Music for our epic theme song, which is finishing out this and every episode. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.
2: Bye. I never realized how
0: incredibly handsome you are. Hmm,
3: that's better. Now, Pussycat,
2: tell me more about myself. You're tall, dark, yeah. well dressed.
0: Ow! Little buddy! And I
3: love those eyebrows. I can't help you. I work for Senior Psychopath now. What are you going to do? I'm a street rat, remember? I'll improvise.
0: Cute little gaps between
2: your Go on. And your beard is so twisted.